welcome to another epic episode of the Warrior Podcast. We have an exciting episode ahead as we venture into the majestic world of split testing and all things to do with conversion rate optimization. Um, you know, today data, as we know, is one of the foundations of almost every business online, whether it's customer data, analytics on the site, performance, or user experience, every modern digital marketer and business relies on data. Now, with me today is a dear old friend of mine, and he's one of the leading experts in split testing. All the way from OmniConvert is a Valentin Radu. I met Valentin last year when we joined forces on a partnership with Warrior Forum, and you know we built up some of our shared interest in conversion rate optimization, web design, uh, you know automation, and you know we kind of had a you know similar love for Adele as well, uh, with some pretty fun cold emails that we shared. Um, so I'm happy to give a very warm welcome to our guest, Valentin. Welcome, man. Uh, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, we all love uh, Adele, or we both love Adele. I don't know if everyone loves it, but I'm uh, really happy to be here and uh, with all the warriors. I don't know if Adele is very uh, good for all the warriors, but uh, uh, a thing is clear. Uh, all the warriors should listen to Adele when she says uh, uh, that uh, that thing with hello from the other side. Actually, <laughs> yeah. actually I remember you using that in the cold email when, uh, when we first met, so... Yeah, totally fun. I should probably screenshot it for the Warriors to check out too. It's pretty funny. All right, man. Well, look, before we get started, uh, did you want to give our listeners a little bit more information about yourself and uh, what OmniConvert actually is? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I'm a serial entrepreneur. I'm coming from Romania, Bucharest. Uh, I've started doing uh, building companies uh, 16 years ago when I was playing StarCraft and Counter-Strike and I wanted to have a broadband and because of that I've ended up uh, building uh, an internet service provider, the first one with a broadband connection. And uh, after that things uh, got crazy, I built uh, an agency, I failed it completely and then I've uh, made a, a loan at the bank and then I got up in the entrepreneurship arena and I've built the largest online car insurance player in Romania, ended up with more than 120,000 customers in 2012. Wow. And then, okay. Yeah. And then I've uh, become obsessed about the conversion rate optimization because we were burning a lot of money into Google AdWords. We were actually having an ROI of around 80 to 90% and I was so pissed off because I was paying so much money on traffic. And then I've asked the developers, guys, help me out. I want to test things. So if you want to test, there's Adobe Test and Target for you, man. It costs only 12,000 bucks. What? And then we've started to, to, to change things with, with them. Uh, I, I was pissing them off all the time and eventually they made me a dashboard so that I can test elements. And then I've triggered some uh, overlayers, asking people from various cities what stops them from converting. And uh, after that, I, I've, I've increased our own conversion rate by 60% in, uh, in a single year. And then I've said, that's my next business. And here we go. OmniConvert now is uh, one of the most important uh, conversion rate optimization platforms. Uh, we have uh, around 20,000 uh, users playing with it, and uh, I have the privilege of seeing a lot of data, so more than uh, 1.5 billion requests every month, so that I can see the trends, and it's, uh, you know, I'm really obsessed with data, and it's so appealing to see what works and what's not. Yeah, I think it's funny that you mentioned you have access to one point you know, 5 billion, uh, you know, data points for you to analyze. Cause I think a lot of us would literally be just drooling over the amount of data that you crunch through, you know, on a, on a regular basis. I, I noticed you mentioned that, you know, when you first got your 20,000 leads and, and whatnot, 
with your first digital agency that that you ran through as a failure i think for us we can relate really well like in, in warriors in general you know particularly when we get through you know the hardships of trying to build up traffic build up leads get people to actually come to our site as as the first problem and then try to solve it with with the conversion side was was ads actually the first um method of online marketing that you used to to pull in leads as well yeah google adwords was the first okay so, well what were you doing like straight after that if you don't mind me asking as well well after that we built a quiz uh, to to on Facebook, so it was mm. on the Hive Facebook, and we built a quiz to to give you a rating about how good uh, driver are you. So this was actually from the that test, you know, when that you do when in order to get your permit to, yeah. to drive. And people were posting on uh, on Facebook that they they've got an A degree or B, and that lead us to two hundred thousand fans in two weeks. So wow. that was another important channel. And uh, after that, we've made another uh, massive thing. Uh, we realized that we can't make it no more with Google because everyone was searching for car insurance, but we were selling cheap car insurance. So it was like cheapcarinsurance.com, but it, in uh, that row in Romania. Ah, okay. And we were looking at that audiences on the street. And we want to make them change their minds instead of uh, searching for car insurance to to search for cheap car cheap insurance car because we were there the first. Yeah, and we we've made those small stickers, right? Got four students, uh, printed like fifteen thousand stickers and uh, sent them everywhere in the in the city so that they can place small stickers on the garbage bins and uh, everywhere where the eyes of the drivers could look and in this manner we've changed the query so mainly from six thousand queries per month we've got to sixty thousand queries per month in just a, a single month and then we've became the, the most important uh, online car insurance because we were the first there no 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 other website was doing what we were doing yeah. that was back in 2007 i think right oh wow so it was actually yeah, 10 so years ago oh, wow. so it was actually 10 years ago yeah and and that led us to uh, an, an organic growth on uh, a fantastic organic growth uh, okay well I, like i mean for us i think we just want to jump into the split testing of everything as well so I mean, with, with what you're doing at OmniConvert now, you've got, like I said, the access to the data, you've got all the clients, you've got big name clients like Samsung and T-Mobile. So from that, you know, every growth hacker, you know, every marketer, every marketing philanthropist, you know, will say that they have, you know, some ultimate split tests and ideas, experiments, et cetera, to, to basically perform, uh, you know, among them and all these claims, Starting with the ugly, you know, what are some of the most common assumptions and mistakes people make when it comes to split testing? Well, um, taking uh, talking about uh, assumptions, I don't know if you know that in uh, in 1950, some doctors thought uh, smoking cigarettes was the best way to relieve uh, pregnancy constipation. <laughs> so actually, women which were pregnant, they they've got this prescription, right? Smoke some cigarettes. That was crazy, but that was a bad assumption. So I think bad assumptions are the, the first problem because people are nose-driven instead of being data-driven. And they split test without actually understanding what they, are, what they are testing and why they are testing. What's the impact? 
why they are doing this test. And uh, mainly there are lots of uh, fabulous uh, experts which are doing the same mistake. So, uh, for for example, uh, for instance, I don't know if uh, that's another funny thing that Albert Einstein thought that nuclear energy wasn't possible. So only 10 years after that, Eric Fermi that he successfully demonstrated. Uh, that uh, self-sustaining nuclear uh, chain is possible, right? So maybe uh, the first problem is uh, they assume and they don't use the data insights that they transform them into a hypothesis and uh, they are not testing uh, based on data driven. So that's one of the common mistakes. Uh, and another one is uh, that they think split testing is an easy thing. So it's a quick fix. They, they, they fix the conversion, right? They think that, okay, let's do conversion rate optimization and that's it, or let's do the testing. What test? So you need to have a lot of tests. So it's like uh, thinking that uh, you're going to finish with split testing is like saying you're going to uh, finish with making showers. So no, you got to do shower every day. And that's the, the thing with uh, split testing. It's an ongoing and long-term process so that you find the best performing uh, version of your website that can always be improved. So mainly you, you should decide when it's enough. So when you've reached that, I don't know, 9%. 4% or 5% conversion rate. So mm. maybe there are the, the the customers which are ready to buy, but you are not having the right language for them. So that's another problem. They assume that this is an easy, easy win. And another thing, another mistake is that they stop too early. So once they start, they look for the conversion rate to, to go up in a test and they don't have enough data. So the, the statistical significance is not there. So they start, they start, uh, the test, they see that the variation beats the control two days after, and they stop the test, happy to find the winner. Uh, so that's another problem. And I must tell you that the, the average win rate is around 20%. So that means four out of five tests are crappy. But you learn from them. Sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Yeah, I think it's interesting when you when you sort of pull up the um, the statistic of, of going you know twenty percent win and then eighty percent you know four out of five basically fail you know from that it I think split testing conversion rate optimization you know it's basically been bred by interface designers you know user experience enthusiasts and specialists so to say you know and, and from that anything that's above the fold as a content on a website basically is a digital playpen yeah that's much better. <laughs> yeah um, yeah okay well I think when it comes to split testing you know a, a lot of interface designers and user experience you know specialists enthusiasts basically they're the ones that are, are sort of breeding you know the digital playpen of conversion rate optimization with anything that's above the fault so from that you know how it's it's one giant wheel that keeps spinning and uh, you know, people are, are trying to improve copy, they're trying to improve buttons, uh, layout of the website, and, and I guess the actual responsiveness as well um, has some form of play. From that, the big question that is always being asked is, what's the superior color of a CTA? Does it exist? Oh, that, that's, <laughs> that's really simple. There is, it exists, there is only one, but uh, it's the one that wins after you test. So. Uh, first assumption can be to make it distinct from the rest of the content, and that's right, but it's not a specific color like green or yellow. So, but if you make it like Seth Godin's uh, uh, purple cow, you can win. So actually, 
maybe we can test that, right? So to make a, a, a button with a, with a purple cow and uh, put the CTA on, we can test it on our own website. I mean, I wouldn't mind testing Seth Godin's purple cow. I think that would actually resonate really well with warriors, actually. <laughs> you know, I think we can, all, we can all appreciate a little bit of Seth Godin love. All right, well, I think the other thing that, that that's really interesting with split testing is when it comes to... I guess you could call it the ugly conversion test. So we've seen some really shocking landing pages and you know sales pages that look like they've walked out of the 90s. You know, how do you determine the balance between what looks pretty and what converts, uh, you know, better than the normal? Um, I'd say we're a pretty you know well-established species, you know, who have a knack for being attracted to you know all the pretty things in life. Um, but to, I guess sort of sum that up, you know, pretty versus ugly, can the two you know styles coexist? Yeah, but not on the same website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think depending on the on the audience, there are still people that uh, are buying uh, kitsch clothes, right? So they 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 appreciate uh, shitty music. So and and mainly there's an audience for any product because uh, I don't know if you know the linkscars.com. So yep. that that website is it's it's a totally crappy website that it's very performant. So. Uh, they are selling the cheapest leasing in the UK and they want to be ugly because they want to be relevant to their audience. So that's why they look like a secondhand uh, website. Yeah. So uh, your website has to be easy to use in order to sell, but it also needs to reflect your audience. That, that meaning ugly can be more efficient than pretty. So like Craigslist, right? So they haven't changed the website and it still look, looks like, I don't know, 998. But uh, it works. So mainly you need to find the right balance between this free, uh, free thing, the user, user experience, the prettiness, and the efficiency. So mainly uh, marketers want, want uh, to have, uh, they want to have pretty websites, but not uh, all the pretty websites are actually selling. So we're in this economic game, right? Yeah. I think, yeah, it's pretty, pretty interesting that you mentioned um, like you know how they can't exactly exist on on the same page basically it it's almost like having a really really bad ad on you know a site that was built literally last week <laughs> you know it looks like an ad that that walked out of you know 1998 you know was was trying to sell you know some mlm scheme and, and whatnot um so it's interesting when you when you put it in that perspective because i think for some platforms we've noticed, I, th I think it was on buy sell ads that they had really, really high, you know, open rates and, and click through rates, so to say. Um, but I'm not too sure about the conversions because it's just night and day between them. Um, with that being said, um, you know, for anyone who has decent traffic on their site, you know, what, what would you say are like the three sort of top things that they should test first? If they've never tested anything in their life on their website, you know, what are the three tests that they should run? And, you know, from that, what should they actually analyze and, and try to improve? Yeah. So, um, uh, one important thing that you've mentioned, Marcus, is the having, uh, enough traffic. So we've actually made a, a calculator for e-commerce website to realize when is a good time to, to start testing because some of them are, are starting too late and start some of them too early. So my rough estimate is that you can start testing uh, after you have around 20 to 40,000 visits per month. But you can do beforehand, you can do 
surveying your audience and find out things about your buyer persona, their barriers, their motivations. And so that's important to do before testing so that you can understand who are you selling to. So, so that you can craft those three elements that you are testing according to know-how. So according to these data insights that I've talked to you uh, beforehand. So, that, but uh, focusing on the main three elements that uh, I think everyone should test, the first and the most important test I think is your unique value proposition. So does it uh, amplify and treat the pain of your ideal customer and then to test it, to make a lot of variations around it. And uh, another thing is uh, the layout. So too much noise in uh, on uh, above the fall can be very bad. But you can think that okay, I've squeezed there all the things that are important because I feel I know that people are bouncing. But you need to take into account that people, people, uh, humans' attention span are, are eight seconds. Is eight seconds, and uh, we are looking at a space of uh, two hundred pixels. To, to see it clear. So these are the limits of attention. And that's why you should change what kind of elements you want to put in the layout at the first uh, uh, screen that they are seeing. And another thing which is important is the, the on the bottom of the funnel. Any funnel has a, a form, even if it's an e-commerce or if it's a uh, lead generation website or whatever it is. You have a form and you have a call to action. So you should test which is the best uh, form that you can get. For, for instance, a nice test that we, we somehow found is instant gratification on the form, right? So when people are typing, you should give them some green check mark. Okay, go further, continue the process because the mind, right? It's being tricked and you are addressing the subconscious so that they can continue a thing which is giving a slight dose of dopamine to, to the brain. So that's... Uh, a thing that you you can test. Yeah, I, th I think that's interesting. How you like? I even saw it on the uh, Omni Converts, um, you know, sign up modal where you know you go, you know, your account was created. You go, oh, this is a great name, or that's like a great password. You know, all these little like great little you know sayings to help motivate someone to continue the process. Um, you know, through the account you know, setup process. Um, and 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 that sort of pulls into my next question, actually. So you know, split testing what's in your actual funnel you know i think it's, it's interesting because I, I remember seeing uh facebook for instance right so it's not the initial sign up that we're, we're talking about it's talking about the existing user experience um particularly on the mobile and the marketplace side um now i remember about i think it was like a two or three months ago, I think it was, where, where they first launched the actual marketplace. Um, you know, some of the volume that was coming through to Australia um, had pricing on the actual listings. Where I had some of the friends in, in New Zealand, which is, I guess you could call that, you know, the physical playpen for a lot of um, businesses because they're the first, you know, native English speaking to the, to the timeline. Um, they didn't actually have pricing on the listing. And that enforced a user to actually click and open the um, the listing to then be more engaged and focused with with one product, and and that provided very little resistance for them to then go on and, and actually convert to communicate to to buy from a seller. Um, so from that example, I guess you know let, let's say for instance you're a SaaS company, 
well, actually, you kind of are a SaaS company. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> you know, what, what tests would you would you take down the sales funnel? Um, let's say, for instance, someone signed up, you know, and and you know they're already a paying customer. You know, are you split testing anything to, I guess, improve or, um, you know raise the happiness levels of the user experience side of things um you know what, what test would you run that's you know purely focused on on the actual user experience uh one important thing to, to state here is that software as a service uh, game it's uh, a new Ooh, yeah, game it's and it's very hard to, to, to play because it's not like e-commerce which has like 10 to 15 years more so there's more knowledge, more leaders. Uh, and uh, the software as a service uh, company has this huge funnel, right? From attention to referrals, yep. to retention and referrals, right? Yep. So the, the first thing after you finish the acquisition phase and you have a new sign up is to bring the customer to the wow moment. So what's the aha moment? So tests which are important here is to to make the customer have this another yeah. dose of dopamine right that wow i've made it so what's the thing that the product or or the software delivers and how can you deliver positive emotions because we we are human beings we are running from pain towards pleasure that's it that's the brief end so if your uh, if your user can get instant value because uh, we we've seen that the onboarding rate is crappy so we we imagine at the at the beginning we've got one out of 20 signups actually making an a b test so that means five percent of uh, of them only after two years uh we've made it to eight percent and we were actually what the heck are we are doing here and then we realized that we need to deliver instant value but also to allow the customer to be in control so that they can select what they they want to do so there's a there's a very good book about from charles duvig the one that uh, uh, wrote uh, the power of habit his latest book uh, book is uh, about this uh, what motivates users what motivates uh, everyone and one of the most important things is the the power to decide to be in control so you need to let the user to be in control and you need to guide him towards uh, his aha moment so things that are important to test here to to have activation and then retention is to amplify the pain instantly and to come up with the solution so uh, to to give him the control to uh, do the stuff that will bring him to the aha moment so uh, the one of the most important thing is the yep. welcome email instantly so what are you saying stating in the email and you can do a b testing we are using intercom to do that and we are we've made a lot of tests with this and we are still unhappy with it so we we want to craft it even further and another test that it's important is to 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 test a blank state right so nothing on the just do your stuff right uh, do select your options you have i don't know two three four buttons or funneling them so funneling the the, the your audience towards the uh, aha moment so that's one of the most important things that you need to test in your um, 
uh, in a, a software as a service so that you can have activation. And then for retention, of course, there are all these tricks on giving him status about his progress, like LinkedIn uh, used to do, right? So your LinkedIn profile is 20% complete. That's what you can do with the uh, uh, yeah, I, I noticed, I, funny that you mentioned uh, LinkedIn as well, because I, I do recall them, you know, going through the different uh, stages of, of having a profile, right? You had, you know, uh, you know, a new LinkedIn member, then you had, uh, I think it was an expert, and then you go to pro, and then it was like an all-star. Um, but the funny thing is, and, and this really tricked my OCD, was they'd always leave like this tiny, like 3% and you could never complete the 3% yeah. on the profile. And it was the most annoying thing because I'd go back yeah. and I'd always try to work out how can I get the 3%? What's going to make me like this little tiny 3%? What am I going to do with it, right? How am I going to fix this? So I think it's interesting to, to trigger that happiness, but it's also, um, you know, allowing them to feel the motivation to, to come back. Um, I think that solves a lot of people's retention issues um, and it stops them from getting to the point where they need to be resurrected as well. Yeah, because we are playing, Marcus. Mm. So we are playing and we need, we need to be challenged with tasks, with things, with progress. So what's, what's the next step for me? So if you don't guide your, uh, your audience towards the next step and you, if you don't challenge them to finish, uh, you're not going to make them uh, stick with your yeah, product. I mean, it's 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 the other thing is like I come from a very consumer backgrounded mind. So when when I hear of you know all these conversion tests, it's it's always an aha moment where you're just like, oh, that's the reason why they do this, right? That's the reason why they're testing this. This is why this failed and and why this worked. Um, so I, I mean, with split testing um, as a foundation of of Omni Convert, um, you know, I have to ask. You know, you guys have got some massive clients. You've you've helped Samsung, you've helped T-Mobile, Avon. Um, I was really surprised about Avon, to be honest with you, because I didn't think that they um, had much of a marketing plan going on. Um, but that being said, clearly they do. <laughs> you know, so you know, I, I think it's yeah. every SaaS company's dream to have multi-billion-dollar companies, you know, rely on their software, their services, um, you know, for growing their own business. Because it's it's like going, yes, I have you know a tier one company of the world using my services, and I'm getting paid for it. So you know, so so what's the trick? How 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 did you sort of approach these guys, or did they approach you? Uh, we've approached uh, most of them, mm -hmm. so it was uh, outreach yep. mainly. Uh, but uh, the trick here is to be perseverant and patient. So we've been waiting for two years for a, for a deal. We still wait for some of them. Uh, and uh, another trick is to find the real needs of the the person, the persons which are the decision maker. And another uh, important thing is to find out which type of uh, persons can block the, the whole process because for us for instance the the cto so the engineers can shut out shut, shut up the uh, the whole process so they can stop and they can say no the script uh, is not uh, fast enough and this is affecting our website performance so uh, but it's a long road uh, road ahead and you, you need to have uh, enough uh, i don't know energy and patience to to go there and uh, to to understand 
what's the emotional trigger that everyone has because i do believe that b2b is actually uh, driven by emotions so b2b sales is there are still emotions over there so you 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 do a good connection with uh, with, with one person from an uh, enterprise company and there you go so at the end it's still uh, the the connection and empathy and uh, being there with the, with your uh, your prospect. Yeah, I think it's um, it's pretty interesting. Like uh, when when you're split testing your outreach, and you know by that I don't mean you know are you going to drink coffee or Red Bull while you're doing outreach because it's a long it's a long process really, um, you know. But you know, are, are you? I guess with the messages, are you, you know, split testing timing, obviously, like you mentioned that, you know, finding the right people and trying to identify where the roadblocks are or who the roadblocks are. Um, have you sort of, uh, you know, found a, a, a way to test it's, I imagine it's to be really difficult, right? Because every company works in a different, you know, hierarchy that everybody has a different emotion behind it too. Um, which is why when you say, you know, B2B, you know, marketing or B2B outreach is, is very emotionally driven. I, I 100% agree with you. Um, but did you end up, you know, having any significant wins from split testing your outreach uh, campaign, so to say? Um, we, we haven't got something really smashing. I hmm. remember that two years, the appropriate person uh, used to work. So... You, you send an email to the to anyone in the company that you're connected with LinkedIn or you connect with someone from a different department and then you ask for the appropriate person and he states uh, who that person is and then you uh, to refer uh, the the guy which uh, told you about uh, the, the decision maker and you, you start a conversation based on that but now it's not working uh, too, too good anymore uh, so Unfortunately, I don't think there's a recipe that you can use and uh, it's always working. But uh, the, the most important thing here is to, to take into account that the companies are buying because of the four factors, right? So the companies buy to make money, to save money, to stay out of prison. I mean, the, the owners uh, of the, the company or to make things uh, much more easily. Mm. So th these are the four reasons. So if you can't uh, address those reasons of the company, it, uh, it doesn't matter if you address the decision maker. And then you have also the decision maker in, in the company, which can be uh, very stubborn and he's not into connecting with uh, people. Because imagine, I don't know, Jira or Atlassian, right? So they don't have this sales team to, to pitch their product. So they... They've, ju they've stated a few months ago that they, don't, they haven't uh, hired no one to do sales because the product addresses the CPOs and the, and the guys which are technical and a sales guy could not talk with the... Uh, with the CTO. Dev, you're right, and a technician yeah. or a technical, uh, uh, technical guy so easily. So you need to understand in which market are you. GitHub, they've done the same. So no, no sales uh, initially. But we are addressing marketers, and marketers, they love to chat. And uh, mainly, we, 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 we are addressing also the marketers, also the CIOs of, of, the, of these companies. And we can find ways to, to grab their attention. And then it's a matter of, uh, I don't know, the, the art of being perseverant and uh, persuasive.
Mm. And, like I noticed that that was kind of one of the core things that I noticed with um, OmniConvert all over, I guess, your, your website, even even in a lot of the articles that you guys write. Um, and, and even now you're mentioning in your outreach and it comes down to personalizing the experience for the person. Um, and I noticed that sort of resonates really, really well with OmniConvert. Um, and to go a little bit deeper than that, I mean more than just using, you know, that person's name at the appropriate times and whatnot. Um, you know, it, it's personalization. It's a pretty active term. Um, you know, when you go down that route, it can be applied in email, copy, design. Um, so, I mean, where do you think the fundamental values of user personalization exist in a marketing plan? Yeah, it has to do a lot with uh, Cialdini's uh, sixth principle of uh, of persuasion, right? So you need to be uh, relevant, and you, you need to to show sympathy. Uh, in order to do that, you 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 have to adapt to who your customer is, because tailor-made approach is always beating one size fits all approach. And the trend, the the latest trend is I don't know. You've seen personalization on on Coca-Cola, right? So they personalize your uh, the bottle, and uh, you've seen that on Starbucks. They write your name on the on the coffee cup. So personalization is it, it is a big trend, and it has to do with the marketing and with the customer uh, experience uh, uh, officer as well. So CMO and CXO, they are going to lead the, the growth of, uh, of the big companies. And uh, if you don't deliver experience, because we are getting out of the, of the economics of uh, commodities, and uh, we are getting out of the information era, we are getting to the knowledge era and to the experience era. So if you are not giving me uh, the value and the experience, and if you are, we are hunting, we as humans, we are hunting this, uh, uh, I don't know, small positive experiences, which are building the trust. And we are in this dynamic world that, that, that I as a brand, I need to be relevant to the audience because I'm, that's, how am I different from the others? And uh, the personalization, it is a big thing in, the, uh, in, uh, in this industry. And that's why we, that's one of the, our key points of difference against our competitors. And uh, uh, I think everyone should, uh, should uh, take personalization uh, seriously because otherwise you're just uh, singing the same song to everyone. Yeah. I completely agree with you on that. I think, uh, particularly with people, um, you know, doing outreach or, or using, you know, the same website template or the same website content. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. There's there's a good reason why a template exists. It's fast to set up. People are familiar with it. Consumers are very familiar with it. Um, you know, particularly let, let's say, for instance, eBay, for instance. You know, that shopping experience is also similar to Amazon. You know, which is also similar to Alibaba. So everybody's used to that same sort of format. Um, and I think that's, that's where templates have their place. But when it comes down to making it very specific for the user or, or for the customer, I think that's where the difference is with, with OmniConvert is, is you guys have that sort of personalization perspective that a lot of analytics don't actually, I guess you could say, I'm not going to say comprehend, comprehend is not the word for it, but they don't use as a point of focus. And I think that's 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 the one defining factor um, for anyone in analytics is you know as, as much as everybody goes oh it's in the data it's in the data you know there's still something 
as far as, you know, people will call it a gut instinct, but I think it's coming down to what you said earlier about, you know, increasing someone's, you know, level of happiness. You basically want to give someone a dopamine hit without giving them a, you know, an actual dopamine hit. So, you know, yeah. Um, and I don't know, I, I think from, from what I've seen with, with you guys, um, and, and I found this to be a really, really cool campaign was after somebody's actually signed up, you know, you've, you sent the welcome email, but you've also taken it one step further and, and giving them, I think it was like over 50 ideas or strategies for them to like immediately start implementing so that they actually have a reason or a purpose or almost like a guide of how to actually start um, from scratch uh, with analytics on their website, with split testing, um, you know, with increasing the conversion rate of, of their business, right? Um, and I, I think that's sort of what stands out the most to me um, as far as what companies are doing because I mean, you can sign up to let's say Google Analytics, for instance, right? They're all they're giving you is just courses of going. Oh, this is how you do A, B, and C. They're not really trying to go that one level deeper to try to help you, uh, I guess, come up with what you need to actually do. And I think that's that's a really really big defining point. Um, so I got one one last question for you, which is uh, it's going to be a fun one. It actually came from Tim, who's our head of Warrior, actually. Um, so are you ready for this one? Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So here's an interesting thing for you. So when you're when you're testing everything at the top of the funnel, right? So you know landing page, your outreach, lead generation. You know you're focusing on on very specific elements like a CTA, like an ad, like graphics and whatnot, right? So you, you, you've set the goal already that, let's say for instance, you have you know 5% of conversions and you want to take it to 10, right? You'll do everything in your power to, to move it from 5% to 10%, right? So with that, regardless of the successes, you, you are, I'm, I'm very specific in pointing out like, you know, the four out of five that come out as failures, right? Um, you know, from those, that's a lot of failure. Right? You know, how do you how do you measure the effect of the failure rates of those tests at the very top of the funnel? Um, and as a result of that, how do you how do you compensate those results when you get into the later stage of the funnel? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Tim. It's a question, <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is the the cost of testing. So you if you if you're testing. Uh, you need to be prepared to risk and you need to be prepared to lose. But, but if you have a sample, let's say uh, ING, for instance, they, they, they are a, a huge bank here in, uh, yeah. in Europe. So they are in, I don't know, 20 countries. Uh, they are testing with Omniconvert and they, they have a sample of 10% which is not affected at all. So they don't do any kind of test. And then they are testing everything because they are very open to find out the winning version. So they, if they can, if they can test on the other ninety percent of the of the visitors, they can get to the best version much more faster. So in these manners, they can, they are of course they are analyzing the whole impact with, with uh, uh, of the testing in uh, in Google Analytics because we are integrated with Google Analytics, and then they will uh, they will be sure to see that what if I wouldn't start to test? So what happens after six months of testing? But the the ugly truth is that 
most of the let's say solopreneurs and the smaller uh, companies are not testing properly because they are being deceived by their own limit of testing because they 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 struggle and they don't find the winner and they they said oh now i've lost uh, i don't know 20 or 12 or 6% of the of the conversions with this test but it's a it's a cost that you need to pay and uh, the good news is that the quality of each test is not as important as the quantity of tests that you are doing. So the velocity of testing is the one that shows how fast you're gonna get to a much more better version of your website. So then at the end it pays off, but you need to stay in the game. So it's like, uh, I don't know, if you are not testing, that means you are wasting money. But if you start testing and you, you do testing only for three months, that's it. You've lost the whole, uh, the whole amount of money because you haven't reached that uh, thing. It's like at the marathon. If you, if you don't start at all, you are happy. Then if you start and you uh, abandon after five kilometers. But if you stay the whole thing at the, at the end of the, that marathon, man, I've run the, the marathon and I've seen it's like pure ecstasy, right? So that's uh, that's with testing uh, as well, and at the end, it's gonna pay back. Okay, yeah, I think uh, it, it's not an easy question to to solve, and and I think you you, you know managed to, to help on that one quite well. I'll have to ping Tim about that one actually, but um, yeah, look, Valentin, I really appreciate your time today. I think you know of of all the people in the world that I'd want to ask about speed testing, you know, I'm very 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 happy to have you hosted on on the Warrior Podcast. Um, so. What we'll do, I think we'll, we'll leave it off at there. Um, for the Warriors out there, you know, I'll be sharing a lot more content with Valentin coming up very, very shortly. Um, again, Valentin, it's a pleasure to have you on the Warrior Podcast, and uh, we look forward to, you know, having another chat with you again soon. And you know, hopefully, we can pull a panel together of um, conversion rate optimizers and, and share some of our top secrets together. <laughs> okay, I'll be glad all to right. do that. Uh, thanks uh, as well, Marcus, and all the best to all the no. warriors. May you be impressed about your results. All right, thanks, Valentin. Thanks, Valentin. Thank you, Marcus.